Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We help you get your business to the levels you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And what a life it is. It is. The COVID-19, and Drago and I were talking about this before you got here, and I shared a few things with you. Being home for nine, is it almost 10 weeks? Almost 10 weeks. Okay. Great clarity for me to have a chance to not driving everywhere, first of all, but being at home a lot. And even on evenings, I'm not rushed around or getting home and, and doing stuff like that to really take a look at things. And it's what dawned on me about four days ago was business wise, who am I slash we, but mainly me hanging out with. Cause we know a lot of people we're connected to more people. Not like we know everybody in the free world, but we're connected to a decent amount of people. And it just started dawning on me, Mark Roberts, who we're going to have on probably in late, maybe early July. Love Mark. Yes. He pro- posted on LinkedIn his networking event next week. And all I posted back was, Mark, where you go, I go. And it's true. Mm-hmm. And we have Scott Rudder and Dirk Miracle that were on mm-hmm. here. Nikki Crow, who Nikki's, I don't think she's been on this one. No, she has. Yeah. She has. We're talking about networking. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so where they go, I go. So I'm learning that. It made me stop for a second and go, all right, hang on a second here. I think I'm on to something. I am creating my sandbox. Who do I want to play in there, play with in there that our sole purpose is to help the other? Mm-hmm. Phone call at night. Hey, I need your help. Can you come pick me up? Can you, I got a flat tire on the side of the road. I need a referral. What, anything like that. Do we truly have each other's best interest at heart? And man, oh man, another light bulb went on. So I'm putting my list together of who I really, who I deal with now. Who That's column one. Column two is who I want to be with. And then column three is who's really been nice to me and helped me. And do they fit in column two? So, yeah, this has been another good week for me. It sounds to me like you're putting your sales team together. I am. I am. And then we are categorizing. Yeah, I which am. Is I fantastic. Am. I'm labeling people left you're and right. Labeling, right and you're getting your A's, your B's, your C's. Yep. And yeah. then we, and we're going to talk about this next episode on uh, avatars. And when we're with our client this morning coaching. Mm-hmm. It's fun sometimes in your own world where you can take notes. You say something you're like, Crap, I'm not doing that. I need to start doing that. <laughs> um, Mike, I feel like that happens to us a lot yeah. more often. But it's we- great because we start with somewhere and the client will take it somewhere else. And we're like, oh, well, that's a good idea. Because yeah. we'll be the first to tell people we don't know everything, don't want to. Never no. will, don't want to. Because it's fun learning. So, but yeah. So if you get a call to play in my sandbox, you'll know that you're in the, you're on the short list. So, yeah. Well, I hope that I always stay in your sandbox. You're the first one in there. so yes, I am good. the person that is bringing my own shovel and my own bucket <laughs> and maybe even one of those big rigs that you don't remember when you're a kid and you got to oh, sit on the yeah. backhoe. Yep. Heck yeah. I'm coming. Yep. Armed right. and loaded. I just need the, the wet bar out there and I think everything will be complete. <laughs> so. Have a little uh, pina colada ready for me. There you go. So that ties into our first episode today, which is working by referral because you want to build up that team and that trust so much that we're not, I, we, I laugh at you putting your face on the side of a bus. You don't have to do door hangers. You don't no. have to buy advertising anywhere. It's by referral, but referrals come from relationships. 
and you, we have talked about this with you episode after episode, the people that refer your clients that refer people to you, which is the ultimate compliment. It is. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, working by referral, asking for referrals. We are going to deep dive in today. This has been one of our most requested podcasts because um, I don't know one business owner that wouldn't enjoy more referrals in their business. I am in no way an expert, but this is something that I am a student of and I love studying how to gain more referrals. Your track record over the last two years will prove that out, that you have, are you the best at it? I have no idea. Have you figured it out? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. The hundred real estate referrals I received last year were a testament to you. Easily. Yeah. Yes. That's all you, All people need to know. To What kind of realtor is she? Give you two numbers, right? Yep. <laughs> you give them the hundred number and something else. What? So you had a hundred referrals mm-hmm. and your average days on the market is three um right now last year it was three this year i'm not sure because i just sold another house in zero days so i have to figure out how do you add negative if you sell it before it lit before you goes into mls do you put that down as a zero or negative two can you subtract (laughs) (laughs) i I wish yeah but yeah. by referral, though, and you get to that point, though, when you, again, relationship, referrals come from relationships, and relationships are frequency and recency. And you've told us over and over again, you just, you reach out to your clients. How are you? Birthday card. Yeah. Stuff like that. Staying Little top things. of mind. Yeah. <clears throat> so this all goes back to the dorky side of me that is going to mention one of my favorite terms, yes. your reticular activator, which means that people refer business when they remember it. And you have to be memorable in order to garner referrals. You also have to be top of mind. So people might remember a really good experience, but how many times have you been sitting with someone? And I do this all the time where I'm like, oh man, I love that one restaurant. Oh, but I can't remember what it's called. Yes. Right. I ate there. I had a great experience. It was awesome. It was on Glenwood. It was on Glenwood. Yeah, it's probably closed now. But yeah, so people need to be able to remember you. They also have to be able to remember you so much that they are willing to make that connection to somebody else about you, either giving the business name or in my business, a great referral is when I get an email introduction to somebody that's looking to buy or sell a house and there's a phone number and an email address and I'm able to directly reach out to that person. Um, We get referrals and coaching and it's the same thing. But not all business referrals look the same. Some people want to know, um, like if you've ever filled out a web form and they'll ask like, how did you hear about us? Doctor's offices do that, dental offices, um, my massage therapist, like all these people that wanna know, were you a referred client or were you just Joe Schmo that found us on the internet? And one of the things that's consistent across all referral platforms that is a must is that you have to be really good at the client service that you provide. If you are not providing amazing customer service, you're missing all of your future referrals because we focus so much of our efforts on getting a client. And then it's like, once you get in the door, you kind of forget that 
you should spoil the crap out of these people that are paying you money because they're the ones that are either going to come back as a repeat client or that are going to turn around and be your biggest advocate in the marketplace. So I've seen that time and time again. Um, we refer our um in our BNI group, Business Networking International, we have an auto mechanic and he gets a ton of referrals from our group because he does all of these fun things that just go above and beyond. So yes, is he fixing the car and fixing it well? Yep. yep. Car's driving great. But he's not just a good mechanic. He's doing other things to make people's lives easier or make them better or be memorable. And that's what makes him so highly referable. Yes. So um, if I were a business coach, which, oh my gosh, guess what? Lucky day here. It's your lucky day. (laughs) My first piece of advice for those of you that are listening is to review your client care process. Review how you wow your clients and take care of them while they're either in your restaurant or at your place of business or working, whether you're a real estate agent or an insurance agent or a pest control company or an accountant or a doctor or a lawyer, whatever your business is, you need to make sure that you have a process in place to take utmost care of your clients. Can we ask people this question? So everybody listening, can, how do you answer this question? Are you an experience or a transaction? Mm. Hopefully it's a good experience. Uh, your business would tell you you're an experience. Mike yes. Allen, our yep, car mechanic, car fix, he's an experience. That's why people go, are you an experience or are you just, yeah, I got that client. I'll get another one. And you have to work really hard. It's so much easier to keep a customer than go find a new one. Mm-hmm. So if you have... 300 people looking out for you. You got, you got at least 200 looking yeah. out for you easily. Absolutely. Yeah. It just, yeah. I have a hundred past clients oh, that yeah. are, you know, that I just received a text message yesterday from one of my clients saying, oh my gosh, this was absolutely amazing. If anyone's looking to buy or sell, I'm absolutely going to be looking out for you and sending them your way. Boom. Like, and, yeah, could, and, it can't get any more perfect than that. And we determined with Sarah Madgers last week that three of those are ex-boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> this client is happily yeah. married. Yeah. And that client's Side happily note, in- Scott and I had such a <laughs> hilarious conversation about my exes because he listens to all the podcasts. And um, I think he's on board with our idea. <laughs> to create some sort of, you know, TLC. Bro- what do we reality? call it? Brother, brother, X. brother X's yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I think you need, yeah. And I'm going to be yeah. the the matchmaker. So yeah. if and, you're and an ex and you're listening, be ready. You're going to get paired off. Here is the really goofy part is I having met, have I met one of them? Were they anyone at your wedding? Um, a couple people that I dated were at my wedding. Okay. So I've met, you know, come across two exes, Mm -hmm. but I would eerily say that I think they would trust you to pair them up with somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because I know them really, really well. But that's just so counter to everything. Everybody's, oh, my ex, I'll, I'll set him up with the devil. Yeah. I can set him up with somebody or I I don't want to look, think of his name again. Yeah. I have one crazy ex. Mm-hmm. And um, I count him as my learning experience, as mm-hmm. you say about your failed one failed business. True. I have one failed ex yep. that I sometimes wonder 
why the hell did I pick that one? Like, he definitely pulled the wool over my eyes. But anyways, yes. I digress. So the so step number one in being a highly referable business and getting lots of referrals is to take amazing care of your clients. And this does not mean um, that you have to spend a whole lot of money. It can be little things. People are blown away by the little stuff that people do to make their lives easier or to have a really great experience. Like I talk about Amazon all the time because it's just such a great business model that they have Amazon Prime. And it's like, when you want to return something, here's the six ways you can return this. Do you want to take it to Kohl's? Do you want to take it to an Amazon locker? Do you want to have somebody pick it up at your house? I mean, how much easier can they make it for you to buy something and then return it? Oh, it can't get any easier. It's seamless. So... Um, that's a company that when you think about it, we refer Amazon all the time. Every time we talk about them, every time, I mean, I'm basically free Amazon. Feel free to reach out to us. If you'd like to sponsor our show, we are here. We're waiting. (laughs) Wired to change info at wired to change.com. Um, but we are here trying to create something like you said, if it's an experience Mm -hmm. and it needs to be a good experience, Think about all the times that you've been out and you've had a really shitty experience at a either a restaurant or, um, gosh, there's a couple of doctor's offices that I would never go back to. Scott had been going to his same doctor for, I don't know, since before we ever dated. So probably five, six, seven years that he was seeing his same doctor and his doctor's staff ruined it for him. And they were so terrible and they didn't care about the client experience. They didn't care about taking care of the client. And he, he had his doctor's cell phone number. They would text back and forth. And when he texted his doctor to break up with him, he was shocked that he didn't fight harder to want to figure out why he was losing one of his longest clients. And if you think about it, if he left and had the nerve to actually say something, how many clients is that doctor losing that they never said anything? A lot. So that brings me to number two, which is your, and I'm just coming up with this list on the fly, so I'll probably lose count at some point. I got it written down. Thanks. But the second thing that is really important is that your staff um, your your people that you work with, that they understand what really quality client service looks like and that also they're trained and programmed to ask for referrals. Because I think this is something that we really miss the mark on. Yes. When you, if you think about um, like, you know, Chick-fil-A, what do they always say when you buy something at Chick-fil-A? My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm drinking sweet tea out of a Chick-fil-A oh, you cup right are. now. Yep. And, and hey, Chick-fil-A, we're here if you want to sponsor us. And now in the drive-thru, there's a lady that took the order under a tent because she's mm-hmm. outside. So they're nice enough to do that for their employees. I drive around to where the box is to order. And there was a guy taking money. And then I drive to the window to pick my drink up. And I just have sweet tea today to pick that up. All three people. My pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine if the last person said, my pleasure, tell a friend. Yeah. Instantly, their business would skyrocket because you're not think it's not our job yeah. to think that. 
it's someone else's job to tell us that they want that referral. So if I'm leaving Chick-fil-A and they say, my pleasure, tell a friend, all I'm thinking is, oh, yeah, I just had a great experience. Why wouldn't I tell a friend? Or I'd be inclined to post something. Right. Yeah. And that is going to be a big differentiator is that are your people trained and do they know that you, one, that your company wants referred, referred business? Everybody's dream is to be able to work by word of mouth. Oh, yeah. And there's a big difference between word of mouth and working by referral. Word of mouth happens because you do a great job and you're not asking for the business. It's just coming to you because you do a good job. Now, working by referral is you're doing a good job, your word of mouth business is buzzing, but you're also proactively asking for referrals or other clients from your past happy clients and the people around you that, you, that you're networking with. So um, I, we have a um, da- proprietary database at Hunter Row, which is awesome, and Part of that is there's this campaign that we have in there that's called the Secret Agent Campaign. I've heard of that, yes. And our Secret Agent Campaign is basically like, hey, dumbass, call these people. They haven't heard from you in a while and ask them for a referral because people need to hear from you. What did you call it? Frequency and And recency. And recency, which if they're not hearing from you frequently enough, they're going to forget you. Oh, yeah. And I you know, challenge anyone to think of the last time that someone asked you for a referral for something. Rarely. Right. Rarely. I mean, if my hairdresser did it at the end of every appointment, I would probably send her more referrals. Mm. If um, the car care place did it, and look at, I'm calling it the car Car care care. place (laughs) because he cares for us. He does. He (laughs) truly does. Um, I want to go back to your point number one real quick, talking about take care of your client and it's the little things. The other thing you provide them and the people at the top of their industry provide is information. Mm-hmm. We're buying a house. We know the neighborhood. It's We know the neighborhood's location, why we want that neighborhood, but we don't know other stuff about the neighborhood that is this the right house, the neighborhood, is there a zoning coming up that we don't know about? Because there's a cul-de-sac I want to live on. There's nothing behind it. And guess what they're talking about? Plowing right through it, right? So little things like that. Or when you were, so what can a buyer ask for? What can a seller ask for? It's that type of information that I got my stuff together. So, and I know you've won bids because I don't know if you were smarter than the other agents, but you, I know you outworked them and I'm willing to bet that you sat down with your clients at some point in time and said, okay, here's all the things that could be a factor. Let's put them in order. I I prep them before it happens. So going back to my love of processes is part of my initial process with a client is to tell them what the process is and to inoculate them against the things that are going to be difficult in the upcoming process. One of those is when we get in a multiple offer situation, what are the things that we would do to potentially win a multiple offer? And then when we get in that situation, I'm referring back to that and saying, hey, remember when we were talking about being in a multiple offer situation and how important it is to write this personal letter and how important it is to go in with a high due diligence? And that I treat this as if it were my own money and I'm not going to tell you to do something if I think anything's going to be wrong with that inspection report. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, yep, I remember. So that leads me to my next point, which is having a consistent process 
for one, how you take care of your clients, because what we love about Amazon and what we love about Chick-fil-A and what we love about um, Mike over at Carfix and what we love about these is that it's a consistent experience. You've said this about McDonald's. Yep. Um, I say this about my nail salon. I walk in. Laura, my, oh my gosh, if you guys need a great place to go get your nails done, my girl <laughs> Laura up at um, Fingertips in Briar Creek is absolutely amazing. I've referred her countless times so much to the point where her husband knows who I am and came up to me because I had posted such a good review for them on Google and he introduced himself to me, gave me a hug <laughs> and thanked me personally for referring them so much business. Yeah. But when I walk through that door, that their process is completely consistent. She asks me, how are you doing? What are you here for? Pick out your nail color, have a seat. She tells me how long the wait's going to be, and I just I know what I'm what I'm in for every single time. But it's that little thing. It's going to be fifteen minutes. Now they've managed your expectations. Right. Instead of you sitting there after five looking around, and go what the heck? What the heck's going yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah. And they're really great about that. And if it's going to be a long wait, she'll tell you, hey, it's going to be sixty minutes. Do you mind coming back in an hour? Mm -hmm. And then they'll put them down on the list. And then that way you can go walk around and shop or do whatever. And you're not just sitting there fuming because your appointment's not ready. Yep. So, and her staff are all equally as well trained and they know what the process is. So you're not feeling like they're in the dark because if I went to one nail tech, I can go to any nail tech in her um, salon and get the same, the same quality and the same process. And you've talked about that on previous episodes where your staff knows how you want it done. You will, and excuse a couple examples of whether it's true or not, you will walk through the entire house before you fill out this form about this house that's getting ready to go on the market. Right. Into the, there's not, oh, I, I looked around the corner. No, no, yeah, no, no. You go in the room, you look at this, 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 and then you put your name on it. Yeah, yeah. my client service managers know that we go in crawl spaces. Now you don't have to get in it completely, but we're opening that bad boy up. We're sniffing it. Yeah. People think I'm the strangest little bird when I start sniffing things, but I tell you what, you. we know that moisture is our enemy in oh, real estate. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard you can caulk that if there's a leakage yep, you problem. You can definitely so, yeah. caulk it. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive us folks. It's an earlier joke from today. So. Um, but that matters though. But they have to know they they're gonna have to crawl under the house a little bit, yeah. Just end a discussion, yeah. And yeah. it and you know that's why I carry a um, I always keep a couple of things in my car. The first is a screwdriver, second, hammer, second is toilet paper, and then yeah. toilet paper. Yes, because <laughs> exactly. I use those a lot. You never know. You never yeah. never know. <laughs> so in addition to having a really great client service process, you need to have a referral process. And this is something that we ask our coaching clients, what is your referral process? And typically we get a blank stare oh, yeah. or a, what is that? Or, um, oh my gosh, why haven't I been doing this? And I've been in the business 20 years. I've never thought to ask my clients for a referral. We have heard that people. We have. So, yep. And that is okay. I'm get, granting mm -hmm. all of you permission that it is totally okay if you don't have a referral process right now. But I would challenge you that by the end of this podcast, you're thinking about, 
hmm, what am I going to do to put my referral process in place? And you're going to call me in six months to a year, and you're going to thank me for the influx of new business that you're getting from your past happy clients. Mm -hmm. And Mike and I are going to celebrate with you, and it's going to be a huge success. Yes. So a bottle of vodka to me, a bottle of wine, actually vodka to both of us. Tito's to her, Tito's. Sky to me. We're yep. good, yeah. And we're, yeah, we're really easy. We'll drink with you. We'll yeah. pour the drinks for you. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> I mix mine with water, so you don't even have to get me a mixer. Just the bottle of vodka is totally yeah, fine. Yeah, I can't grasp that. I'm a tonic guy, but I uh, can't grasp the, uh, and every now and then cranberry. I like that, too. Yeah, so your referral process really needs to be something that um, you feel comfortable with and that you're going to actually execute on because one of the other downfalls that we've noticed with a lot of our coaching clients is they might have a referral process, but they're afraid to use it. Yes. Give me three things on how to ask for a referral with a happy client. With a happy client. Yes. And the other thing and is that you can't, so sometimes we feel like we've done a bad job. There are t- I, I am my harshest critic, and I would say that because I'm a perfectionist, it's actually more difficult for me to ask for referrals because I feel like it, everything should have been better all the time. This is just something that <laughs> plagues me. It's how I'm built, yeah. and I just have to say, suck it up, buttercup. Ask for the referral. It's not going to kill But you. <laughs> one of the things that actually another coach – had said to us during a recent meeting that we had with her, we did a 30 minute consult with her. She actually wrote us a very nice review. Um, Thank you, Larice. But one of the questions she asks her clients at the end is what are three things that you took away from coaching today? And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is something that I need to be applying to my real estate practice. What are the three best things that you enjoyed about this process? Because if you're not asking them what, wowed them one it helps them to retain that because if they're telling you what was great about it it's putting that in their brain they're coming up with it people we all know that we like our own ideas better than other people's (laughs) (laughs) we are guilty and if we can convince people that they're the one that thought of it then slam dunk all day long so being able to um ask your clients how the process was asking them for I like to ask my clients for reviews and I want Mm -hmm. them to be really honest I want to know what was good and what wasn't good and those reviews I'm going to be able to use in future um, advertising but those reviews are also great pinpoints to reach back and remind people what was so good about their experience with you you may see a consistent theme it was the follow-up every time I had a call they always followed up with any question I had you never know what it is. Right. Yeah. And sometimes my clients surprise me of the things uh-huh. that uh-huh. they think are awesome. Well, and hold that thought. You want your clients to say it out loud. It's one, and I'm a big fan of seeing things written down. You're like, oh, that makes sense. But when your client says it out loud, like Trinity was saying, what are your three takeaways? And they say it out loud. It's going to be way more impactful because they heard themselves say it. And then it planted it in their brains. Like like our client today when we're talking and she was saying that, um, oh crap, I'm drawing a blank on one of the points. But she said she'd never really thought of it. And crap. Which client was it? Early this morning. First oh, okay. 
Yeah. Under three takeaways, and I'm drawing a blank on the one I want to tell you. But anyways, that's welcome to me being 59 by the time this show comes up. <laughs> uh, but anyways, when they say that, then that gives them another reason to stop and go. And she did. She's like, I- I'd really never thought about that way. And we another 45 seconds chatting about that one topic that made that much of an impact on her. So you want them to say it out loud. Don't say, "Did you was this a good meeting today? Don't give me a yes, no question. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Have them come up with it because you will be, I mean, when we asked our client that this morning, which one, I'm giving myself a- Oh, the KPIs. I'm giving myself a pat on the back because we actually implemented something new in our process, which was pretty awesome. It worked great. So thank you, Larice. You're awesome. We- we love and appreciate you. And yes, when we asked her, she mentioned something that I forgot we'd even talked about, <laughs> which you just forgot that we talked about it too. But it we was, were talking about KPIs and she's like, what's a KPI? Yeah, yeah, key performance indicator. And she had not really heard of that before. She certainly hadn't used it, but it made an impact on her to remember that. And then once Trinity was explaining it to her, how this fits into the plan, it made perfect sense. And she said, okay, I get that now. But she told us back that she she did not know much about that. That's one of the big takeaways. Stuff like that's huge. Get them to say it. Assume nothing. Yes. And if you ask yes, no questions, you deserve the answer you get. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of yes, no questions and how, how you phrase a question is so vitally important. And I have been engaged a couple times before meeting my amazing husband. Hey, buddy. Oh. Um, but one of my engagements, the thing I got stuck with was the ring. And I had to get rid of the stupid wedding ring and the engagement band and the wedding ring. Um, you could hawk it and keep the money. Yeah, but getting rid of something that's worth that much money is way more intricate process than you would ever believe. I actually almost got held up at gunpoint over it, and that's a whole other podcast that will... Hopefully not um, by your ex. <laughs> no, but we... And I thought I was taking all the right steps when I was selling it, met them in a public place, went to a bank to process the uh. transaction... Had a friend with me who happened to be pregnant. Hi, Leslie. Sorry I put you in that situation. And lo and behold, the guy calls me and is like, um, I, you were so nice to me, and I just have to tell you that like we're planning on robbing you. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so we called the police, and they arrested him and his little cohorts that were going to. So he <laughs> confessed to me before they did it, which – Thank you, God, that he did um, because they were going to pull a gun on us in that parking lot and take the ring. And but anyways, so right. But getting rid of that ring, I took it to a jeweler that also dealt with antiques and um, resale jewelry. So not a pawn shop, but like an actual jeweler. Mm. And I took it in and I had done all my research. I knew the cost of platinum when I bought it. I knew the cost of platinum when I sold it. I knew how much the diamond was worth. I walked in there and the jeweler sits down and, you know, he has this little jeweler thing and he's looking at the diamond and he's like, oh, yeah, this is a nice diamond. Da, 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 da. And he asks me, so how much do you want for it? And I said, well, I'd love X amount of dollars. And he laughed at me and he goes, yeah, your ring's not worth that. Da, 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 and starts berating me 
about how, like, because he was so appalled that I would have wanted that much money for it. And I said, excuse me, sir, just stop right there. You asked me how much I wanted for it, mm-hmm. not how much I realistically expect to sell it for. Yeah, his fault. Your fault. Yeah. You didn't ask me what I expect to sell it for. You asked me how much I wanted for it. I gave you the answer to the question that you wanted. I said, and you just lost my business and any future business, and I definitely will not be referring this place because yeah. you're a jerk. And I grabbed my ring back and walked out of there. But one of the things that that taught me was how much your syntax really matters when you're talking to people because you can ask a question and not even realize you're asking it incorrectly and be getting an answer that really means the opposite of what you wanted. So that was my big learning story. Kind of like asking your seller, so how much you want to sell this house? Yeah. I oh, would never ask 500,000 when the market value is 312. Right. So I always ask them, what would you realistically expect to sell your house for yep. in the current market conditions? Much different question. Yes. Then they're like, and then I ask them, how did they come about with that number? Where did you get that number from? I'm asking them follow-up questions. So it's so important because yeah, of course, everybody wants to sell their house for yeah. more than it's worth. I can answer the question you asked them or where they got it from just based on being in small business and hanging out with you for a year or so. You said, well, how did you come up with that number? I would be willing to bet a small amount of money. They had a friend that told them X. It's like, no, no, just because your friend knew somebody around the corner that the houses aren't comps. No, no, no. So Yeah, or Zillow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Zillow is the Wikipedia of real estate. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's one thing you learn from this podcast is that Zillow is not real. If you go out to Zillow's website and actually read the fine print, which yes, I love contracts and I'm a contract junkie, it says right on there that this data is collected by our users. It's fake information. I could go out there and put that my house is worth $800,000 and it's only worth half a million, which it's not. I live in a very modest house, but that would affect the total value because mm-hmm. you could put in any number you want. Yeah. Ugh, blah, gross. Makes me just <laughs> disgusted. If you're comping your house based on Zillow, yeah. you're an idiot. You get what you pay for, right? So. <laughs> so other questions that you really need to be asking yourself when you're wanting to grow your business by referral, and of course, this is such a topic that, I mean, Mike and I could sit here and talk about this for Oh, it's a month worth of shows, yep. Um, but ask yourself... How often are you asking? Yeah. How often are you asking for referrals? And if the answer is never, then great. You have a really low bar to hop over. Start asking and you're already doing better than you were. Um, I think that the average person needs to hear something seven to 10 times before it sinks in. So if you have a client, you should probably be asking them once a month for a referral. And I think that that's completely um, within a realm of possibility that you're not overstretched and your client's not feeling like they're getting stalked. Yes. Um, My other question is, is your team asking? And are they asking consistently? And if your team is not geared up to ask and ask consistently, then you have a big gap because there are going to be times that your team is wowing people. And I would say that 
my clients spend so much time with my client service managers that I want to make sure that my client service manager is reminding them that we work by referral and that's how we gain all of our clients. A really great book, which I can't end a podcast without referring to a book, um, because this all goes back to if you're providing really valuable client service, you're going to have no problem asking for mm. for referrals. So go get the book Creating Magic by Lee Cockrell. It is, he was the um, man who ran Walt Disney World Resorts for over a decade. And if there's one place on earth, mm. right? The yep. most magical place on earth mm. is stinking Disneyland. And he was the guy that ran it and that came up with all these systems and processes and the Disney experience. Because for those of you who've never been to Disney, mm. I would say... It's expensive, but it's worth it. Like, you actually get the value that you pay for. It's expensive in the summertime. It is smoking hot, and it's crowded, and people still go back. It's like women who have more than one baby. They're like, oh, it's miserable. And then, like, four, or five months, six months, two years later, whatever. Okay, I think I'm ready for another one. The parents uh-huh. are like, a, okay, we went in July. Oh, my God, we spent, you know, $1,900 for four of us. And it was hot, and we waited in line forever. But by about January, they're like, oh, the kids would love to go back again. <laughs> they, they absolutely would. Yep. Um, and real quick before we got to go, because I know that we should be wrapping this up, but his whole book is about creating the magic. Um, one of the quotes is, it's not the magic that makes it work. It's the way we work that makes it magic. Yes. Right. And that is so true. And it all starts from the top down. And this whole book is about leadership and how if you are a great leader, then that's going to permeate through your organization. And that is going to bleed out to your clients. So his advice is that everyone's important, Mm -hmm. which is true. Make all your clients feel important. Make your people your brand. Burn the free fuel, which is appreciation, recognition, encouragement, all of those things you can do for your clients without it costing you hardly anything. People love to feel appreciated. People love stickers. My gosh, grown-ups love stickers. It cracks me up. We had a client appreciation event, and I gave everybody that was a past client a sticker. And People were walking in, signing in. They're like, how do I get a sticker? Well, are you a past client or a future client of mine? No, but I want to be now because they want a stinking sticker. Um, Combine your um, business wisdom with insight and basically become a better leader. Make sure that you're exhibiting quality, that you have really good character, and your employees are going to fall into line behind that, and you're going to have a thriving business, and you're going to be super happy. I agree with you. I mean, there's there's places that are successful and people that are successful for a reason. They replicate the system, and the system takes care of itself. Just you put people in the funnel, you set up the funnel so well, funnel takes care of the people. And if there's one thing that you take away from today, other than the fact that we've got a little bit of the giggles, <laughs> <laughs> we do. it is do not be afraid to ask for referrals. And if you are afraid to ask for referrals, or if you're finding any sort of roadblock to asking for referrals, guess what? You got two coaches here who'd be happy, more than happy to talk with you. You can find us 
on our website, www.wiredtochange.com, and that's with the number two. Or you can email us, info at Wired to Change, and we would love if you would go out and subscribe and like and um, review yes. our podcast. Did and I get that right, or did perfect. I slaughter it? Nope, okay. perfect, perfect. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.